Good evening, everybody. It's Urban Boy with another podcast, and um, this this time I just want to talk about something real quick. It ain't gonna take too long, but uh, I was having a debate. It was with two of my my uh guy friends and two of my female friends, and we was on Facetime, and we was all talking about uh like double standards and stuff. So we talking and we talking, and then like one of my homegirls' friends gets on in, and he's like, "Well, you know." There's double standards, but it's it's always the females always benefit from it. And then the female my friend was my female friend was like, Well, you know, guys can can have sex with a bunch of girls and then it it's glorified, but when a girl does it, then it's it's considered like being a hoe and stuff like that. Me personally, I don't care what you do. I don't care if you sleep with a hundred dudes. I don't care about if Whatever, whatever you do with your vagina, that's what you do. I'm just not going to wife you at the end of the day. <laughs> I'm gonna give you the bean. I, if you want to have sex with a hundred girl, a hundred dudes, I'm not gonna be the one that's gonna call you a hoe. Cause I'm probably gonna be number ninety eight. I don't know, but I mean, if I find out that you did, you know, sleep with a fifty dudes and and you only twenty twenty years old, I'm not gonna take you seriously. And you can't get mad at me if I don't, because then that make you look crazy. Like, how you going to tell your mom that I broke up with you because I found out that you slept with 50 dudes? Like, how did, how does that make you look? You can't snitch on me. You know what I'm saying? And then, uh, what was crazy, though, one guy was like, because uh, cause we just kept getting a whole bunch of people calling and stuff. And one guy was like, uh, well, you know, what about when girls sleep with other girls? So my other friend, female friend was like, well, you know, I've slept with a girl before, but I'm not gay. And and y'all know, I don't care. I don't really get into like, you know, gay, lesbian, all that. I don't, I don't really care. But what he said, he was like, uh, man, that's bullshit because y'all get, y'all get to experiment and, and y'all get to fuck, you know, girls and guys can't fuck guys. So that's, that's BS. I was like, hold up. Like, yeah. Like, hold on, hold on, hold on. This shit went way left. Like, like that that went way left. So I'm like, hold on, what you what you talking about, man? He like, nah, bro, I'm just saying. I'm like, yo, you know what you said? Sound real suspect. He was like, nah, bro, I'm not gay. I'm just saying. If I wanted to experiment, I can't because society tells me I can't. Got you, heard you. I understand where you're coming from, but that's something that you got to keep to yourself because, like, it is it is true. It's sad, but it's true. But at the same time, that's gay. Like, <laughs> you mad because you can't fuck another dude because you see other girls fuck other girls, so you want to do the same thing that they do? That's, the, that's what's wrong with society today. Like, everybody wants to be everything but what they really are. Like it's it's crazy. You got guys wanna be girls, girls wanna be guys. Everybody everybody just confused. Everybody got gender roles all messed up and it's just crazy. But the fact that he got mad and he really like showed how he felt, that was crazy. I'm like, man, man. <laughs> you mad because you you could listen, as my friend, I've I have gay friends. You know what I mean? I have gay friends. If you wanna be gay, be gay. Just don't do that shit around me. That's all I'm saying. Like, 
If you want to be gay, you can be gay. You can be cool. All that. Just don't do that shit around me because I feel uncomfortable and all that other stuff. But if, you know, if you bring your boyfriend over my house, that's fine. You know, like, you know, if there's other people around, we have an event, you want to bring your boyfriend over, that's cool. Do what you do. Just don't put me in it. You know what I mean? Like, don't associate me with that because I'm cool. Like, like to, like, it's the city I'm in right now is too small for, for me to be doing shit like that, you know? So, everybody clowned him or whatever, and he got mad, but then he was like, nah, I'm just saying, I'm like, bro, listen, like, in life, there's always going to be double standards, like, like, a female can can go in the bathroom with another female, but a dude can't go in the, in the bathroom with another dude. Like, that shit weird. Like, you got to let these girls have something. Like, you know what I mean? Like, let these females have something. Like, god damn. And then dudes be wondering why shit don't be panning out how they want to because they be feminine as fuck. And, and, like, I really think about it, why guys be acting like females so much. And it really goes all the way back to, like, how they was raised. Like, to me, I'm blessed to have two parents in my household, you know. Uh, my mom and my dad raised me, uh, you know, whatever. But a lot of a lot of dudes nowadays, especially minorities, you know, as black, black dudes growing up, as a black boy growing up, you don't have your dad around for, for a lot of them. I ain't going to say most of them, for a lot of them, though, especially where I'm from. A lot of fathers are not there. So you, you as a boy, you getting trained to be a man by a woman. A woman can't train you to be a man. A woman can only teach you how to nurture something, how to cherish something, and how to treat another woman. That's it. That's all they can really teach you. They can't teach you how to be a man. And that's why, that's why I say, like, you know, a lot of relationships is failing. A lot of things is failing right now because... We got this big feminine movement, which, you know, is cool. I don't have a problem with it. But at the same time, I feel like you don't have to bash something to lift something up. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to say, fuck them to to make your point, to make you better, you know? But I do think that the lack of fathers in, in you know, in people's households, it, it be turning dudes crazy because, like, you got guys that's really out here crying over a female, and, and it just it just make me it just make me mad because I'm like, I it's nothing you could really say at that point. Like you have to make up. People think that people can just change overnight. It's two things about change that people don't really realize. One, change is hard to do, and two, change is only gonna come from the person that really wants to do it. Like, if you don't want to change, then, you know what I mean? You're not going to change, especially if you don't feel like there's nothing wrong with what you're doing. Like, you know what I mean? If I never been around so many emotional dudes in my life, like, growing up, I was taught, like, you know what I mean? You can have emotions. You're allowed to cry. But after that, like, man the hell up. You know what I mean? Like, ain't none of that crying. Ain't none of that, like... All that soft shit, that's dead. Like, nah. I was taught to be a man of your word and, like, you know what I mean? You supposed to be the head of the house. Nowadays, women are the head of the house. Dudes, well, as, a, as, a, as a little boy, you know what I mean? You growing up seeing your mom take on all the challenges and she's struggling trying to make ends meet. And that's all you know. You don't see your dad and your mom working as a team. And, and like... 
another part of that is just having kids early. And people really glorify that shit. Like, I just knew a shorty that had a, having a baby, and she, like, 19, 18. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to judge nobody for having a kid early. I'm not going to judge. Because if you have sex, it's always, it's always a possibility, especially if you ain't wearing no condom. So I feel like, you know, if you have sex and you fucking raw, right? And you have a sex at eighteen, nineteen, and you have it, and you get a girl pregnant, or you get, or you get pregnant by a dude. I mean, what's the odds of y'all staying together? Cause y'all not married, so it's like, you know what I mean. The odds of that baby, that that father sticking around, baby daddy sticking around, is gonna be slim. And I mean, for some people it work out, but for a lot it don't. So now, your your son gonna grow up. With no father in the household, and then you know what I mean he gonna be used to seeing other dudes coming in and out, and it's just too much. Like that, that's just only conditioning him to like see only one side. So he gonna learn all your feminine traits from the mom and all that, and he ain't gonna have no masculine traits. So when he get out in the world, he gonna be acting like a bitch. And I and I'm not saying the saying the b word as you know what I mean like as a derogatory thing, but I'm just I'm just saying it. I'm calling it how I see it. For real. Like, some of you dudes gotta toughen up. Like, this shit's sad though. And 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 it's like I feel like it's a 50-50 blame to it though. Cause cause y'all might females that's listening to this might be like, yeah, yeah, you're right, but hold on though. Cause y'all the ones that's having these babies by these dudes that ain't shit. And then y'all making ain't shit babies. And I'm not saying the baby ain't shit, because, you know, the baby's just a baby. He don't, he don't really know nothing. But you not giving him the best chance to survive. Like, that's why, like, I be talking about, like, protecting yourself, especially as a man, like a young man in this world. You got to protect yourself, because this shit is not, this. it's nothing fun about having kids with girls you don't want. Or getting having to get rid of a disease that you know what I mean hopefully that you can get rid of like that shit that shit is is like it's scary out here and it's getting worse and worse every day so you know what I mean like as a guy the only advice I can give to you as a 22 year old that's traveled around the world and you know what I mean been in a lot of places and done a lot of stuff so far like you got to treat your body better than what society tells you that you should like granted i'm gonna I'm tell you like i mean being with a bunch of different women it's cool i'm not gonna say it's not because i'd be lying but at the same time your whole goal shouldn't be revolving around women and how many women you sleep with because i'm a i'm a quality over quantity type of dude anyway but i feel as though like you sticking your dick into anything though and raw, like, come on, no. Like, you're going to set yourself up for not just health-wise, you can catch something, but, like, financially, stress, stress, you stressed out because you don't know what's going on. Like, you can't be giving these females all this power. As a guy point of view, all you doing every time you have sex raw is you giving that girl power to do whatever she want to do. She can lie to you and say she's pregnant when she's not. She could be pregnant. She could keep it like it's just so many different things. And and if you're not married or even if you don't believe in marriage, if you're not really committed, committed, don't do it, bro. Because, I mean, if the the juice ain't worth the squeeze, like, yeah, that shit might feel good. But it's, it's like, I don't know. 
I don't know. But anyway, I ain't trying to get off topic, but it just made me laugh, though. And it made me really think about something, because my uh, friend was like, yeah, dudes these days act so soft and so feminine these days. Like, it's hard to find a real man, like a man's man. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I I put myself in that category, but it is it is a, a drop off because like even look at rap right i listen to rap i listen to all types of music cuz I, I hang with all different type of people but if you look at rap and hip hop right now it's a lot of singing and a lot of moaning and and whining and singing and all that shit and that's like yeah that's cool and everything but that's not how it used to be rap used to be on some gangster shit it used to be on some whole different other shit now it's just a whole bunch of singing and crying and confessing they love and shit like and that's cool leave that shit to the r&b dudes like it, it's just it's just nowadays i feel like there's nothing wrong with that guy being in tune with his emotions i feel like that's a really good thing i feel like society used to be like you know guys can't cry guys are hard nosed they don't have emotions no i don't believe that but i feel like it's a thin line between being being emotionally like you know stable and just being too emotional like and that's just what I get from just being around a whole bunch of people my generation is that everybody it, it a lot of dudes nowadays are just simps man crying complaining like it wasn't no complaining in my house like the dudes that I that I hang with my brother who I who I call my brothers we don't complain we don't cry about nothing we we take it how it is take that shit to the chant and move on like we ain't got time to be crying over nothing and dudes be really about to kill themselves over a female like bro it's a million gajillion of y'all and and the way I see it you know my dad used to always say how you say when when one won't another one will so it's like. Bro, you really gonna go off the edge of a one person? And females, I feel like y'all play a role in it too by just, you know, spreading your legs to anybody, especially raw, and then not, and then when the shit don't pan out, now you a single mother, and now little John John, he looking at you struggle, and he don't know what two parents in a household supposed to look like. And I don't really think people really take it to in uh, consideration because they just see that, oh, you know, I'm going to another baby shower. Oh, you know, so-and-so pregnant. But, like, I don't even see people get married and then have kids no more. Like, I feel like that shit about to fizzle out. Like, <laughs> and it's sad, but, I mean, I'm not pro-marriage, uh, really, because of my circumstances. But, it's just sad to see how like how how things have changed so much and how it affects the upcoming people when they you know when they uh get older but um yeah, that's just what I wanted to talk about because I felt like when we was talking about it with my uh friends because I had three dudes and three females and we was all talking about it, and I just thought I'd just share share it on my podcast real quick so um yeah, I I don't know. I don't know what we can do about it. I mean, I don't. I think it's just a, a mentality, honestly, though. I really do. Um. So somebody asked me, "What do you feel about like 
how this year, how have you grown as a uh, person, like as a young man and all that, how you feel like you did this year, you know? I feel like this year, this whole year was a really big year for me because I had a lot of things that happened in my life, you know what I mean? Um, a lot of a lot of change came, so first, you know, for most of y'all, y'all know I just got out of a long-term relationship, and you know, that, and that, that was in, by itself was a blessing in the skies because I was, you know, I was ready to get out of it anyway, but you know, I grew a lot from it because I don't throw shade, you know, I don't disrespect nobody um, because I feel like even though things didn't work out, I feel like I still learned a lot, you know, I still had a good time, so I ain't going to shit on nobody, you know, for, for nothing, you know, no matter what they did, but I felt like being, getting out of it and just reestablishing myself, you know, getting back to doing stuff I want to do, you know, really just loving me and not really having to focus on uh, nobody else. That was real cool, but I had to learn how to be alone again. So that was a hard, that was probably one of the hardest things because y'all got to remember, I'm in a city that I've never been in with no family or limited friends because I don't know nobody. And I was relying with one person and it was vice versa. Like she was relying on me too, which put a lot of strain on the relationship, but you know, um, it didn't work out, but that was for the best though. And I wish, you know, I wish her the best, you know, whatever. But, um, yeah, I just, I just had to learn how to, how to love myself and be just fine with being by myself and not needing a whole lot of other people to, uh, to be around me to make me happy. Cause when you rely on people to be around and make you happy, it's only going to put you in a bad situation at like some point in time it's going it's going to it's going to force you to like have to have to be you know be forced to be a negative energy if you don't want you don't want to fuck with somebody and then you just doing it because you don't want to be alone like I feel like that's a real bad reason like I had to learn that and I had to learn to uh to uh you know just get back to my old ways and I got closer to God because I pretty much felt like I was just, you know, uh, just stuck on the island, you know, and I ain't have nothing, and and work was stressing me out too. So I I just had I had no choice but to open my eyes and realize that I can't do it by myself. So I got closer to God. Uh, I got, I made more money this year than I ever did, um, which was cool. Uh, I somebody asked me the other day, like, how does it feel to have like you know a nice income being so young? I feel like it's a blessing. It's it's good, but it's also bad because, like, normally at my age, I would either be in college or finishing up or graduating, going to undergrad, like you know stuff like that. But um, I don't know. It, it's really fun. Like you know, I get to do what I want when I want. Sometimes you know, like I bought a car. My car is a uh, Challenger RT 2018, and that's something that I've been wanting since I was, like, in the 10th grade. Like, I was like, bro, when I make it or whenever I have the money to do it, I want this car, and I want this engine in it. Like, I don't want no, like, this is what I want. And I waited. I could have waited longer, honestly, and it would have been cheaper down the road, but... 
I mean, you know, you know how that go. So I got, I got what I wanted. I'm happy with it. Um, I feel like it's a, it's a trophy. You know what I mean? Like some people, they get to a certain point in their life and they go either buy something or they go do something or they go travel somewhere. And I felt like that car was my trophy. Like I felt like I earned it and I've been working my ass off for the past two and a half years. And I felt like that was something that I wanted to, to get to spoil myself. So every time I get in my whip, you know what I mean? I'm reminded of how hard I've worked to get to where I'm at. So that's all. And and some people might call it flashing or, you know, whatever. I, I don't really care what they say or I don't care what people perceive it as because when I was broke and I didn't have a license and I didn't have a car and I was walking everywhere catching Ubers, n- no one said shit to me. So <laughs> to the, the way I see it, you know, when you when you work hard, you don't work hard for nothing. You save your money, you stack your money, and then you spend it on what you gotta spend it on. That's how life works. It ain't nobody in this world that saved every dollar that they made. But at the same time, you gotta make smart decisions too. So, you know, I felt like that car was was a big deal to me because I've been talking about it ever since I got in the military. Like I was like, I want this car, I want this car, I want this car. Like everybody in my family knew I wanted I wanted that car for like for years since I was since I was a kid, I wanted a Challenger, you know, because I just like cars. I like muscle cars. I like fast cars. And that's just one car that I want that I'm going to get. But um, so that happened. Uh, I, tr- I traveled a couple times. Uh, I went to Puerto Rico. I went to San Juan and them. And uh, I had fun. I got to uh, experience different cultures and stuff and, and just see how people are. I met, you know. And it was fun because, you know, I, I met a lot of different people. I met, a, uh, I made some new friends. Um, you know, uh, I'm a bachelor, you know. I was single at the time, so I did my little thing overseas, you know. That was that was cool, though. I, I would have never done that if I never would have took that, that leap of faith, you know. So I did that. Um, I moved downtown. So where I was at currently was fine nothing was really wrong with the apartment but i knew once once i was six months deep into my lease i knew i wanted to move out because it just wasn't doing it for me like it was too far from work i didn't really like it and i knew i could do better so i just stacked up and i just grinded and then as soon as my lease was up i moved into a a a loft downtown which i love and like that's just another reminder like and i'm and I'm not saying this to like brag anything like that, but I feel like when you work your ass off like for so long, you have to reward yourself with something. And I'm not saying go broke, you know, trying to do it, but like at the same time, you can't just work, 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 and no reward, you know. So I learned that my whole 2018 was rough. Like I was training my ass off. I was doing so much. And I didn't do nothing. Like when I turned 21, I was studying. When I on my birthday, I was studying for a test. Like I was always missing parties, birthdays, holidays. Like this year, I missed Christmas and Thanksgiving. You know, so it's all about sacrificing for what you want, and um, that's what I just had to do. Like it hurts my heart to see, you know, that I can't go home because of work, or you know, I miss my city. You know, uh. I miss family, friends, all that stuff. My mom, my brother, 
uh, dad, pops, you know, all of them, you know, your family is the only thing you really have because they're going to stick with you regardless of what happens. But for them to be so proud of me from where for where I was when I was graduating high school, because y'all got to remember, when I graduated high school, I didn't have no, uh, no, like, direction. Like, I didn't have any scholarships. I didn't have nothing. Only thing I had was... Uh, some like family that was telling me what I could do and and trying to point me to the right direction and they the reason why I'm here today because like my brother told me about uh, the job that I have now like I wouldn't have probably even looked at it if he wouldn't have told me so you know just just being thankful for that but yeah this year I definitely cashed out on everything that I that I worked for and and it's only the beginning it's only beginning, you know. Uh, I'm just trying to stay humble, stay, you know, stay grounded. But I definitely got tired of just working and working and working and not feeling like my hard work was was put into anything that I wanted to get out of. So that um, I learned about loyalty a lot. Um, so I feel like I've lost a couple friends along the way. You know, I lost a relationship, but it wasn't to loyalty, but I lost a couple friendships due to, like, loyalty, and uh, I learned that you can't see the the good in people. You got to see f- people for what they are. Like, you got to see people, like, if you see somebody, you can't, my mindset used to always be to look at somebody for the good that they got, but in reality, that's going to fuck you up because... If you look in the good of anything, like, you can look into the good of Hitler, you know what I mean? Like, you can look in the good of anybody that's bad. You can pick and choose what you want to look at. You have to look at somebody with, you know, just black and white, like, straight up, what they got, what they come with, and you judge them by their character and their actions. You don't judge them by what they look like or what circumstances they come from or nothing like that. But you just got to look at them and be like, all right, well... He moved like this or she moved like that. They do this, they do that. All right, well, this is who they are. But I learned that, you know, um, you can't expect, you also can't expect yourself out of other people too. So like, I used to expect that people was gonna be as loyal and as uh, truthful as I was to them. But in reality, that's not how it go. And I had to learn that a hard way. But um, I feel like for me, the truth always come to light. It's just a matter of, are you ready for the truth? And are you going to accept it? Because everybody want the truth, but they can't handle it. And that's how I used to be for a long time. I always used to want the truth, but I couldn't handle it. And now looking back at it, I've grown from it because now I just, I just move with a different mindset. You know, I don't, I don't put people on a pedestal and I don't hold people to high expectations. I just take them for what they are and I realize that humans mess up including myself you know but everybody's not gonna be the t- on the type time that I'm on you know everybody ain't gonna be as nice and friendly and as is uh as real as I am to them because um you know I had one homie that did something and and like completely just you know broke the bro code for real and I'm not going to speak on it that much but I've done so much for that one person that 
they didn't owe they owed me in a friendship wise. Like he felt like he owed me because I helped him out when he was in a crisis. And then he turned around and you know he he uh he stabbed me in the back. But what I learned from that is, you know, I you can't you you gotta hold people to a short leash. You can't give people a a, a long leash to walk on because they just only gonna disappoint you in the end. You just gotta accept the good and take the good with the bad, and just don't let no situation change you, whether it's good or bad. If if you get a million dollars, it shouldn't change you, and if you lost a million, it shouldn't change you. I feel like if you get your heart broken. It shouldn't change you. It should just make you wiser. And you got to, you know, you just got to learn from it and move on. But um, that's another thing I learned this year. And I would say uh, I definitely was homesick a lot this year towards the end because I missed a lot of holidays and stuff. But, um, it, I mean, it's just the sacrifice that I made three years ago when I decided to leave home, I knew that it was going to be like this. But, uh, I mean, my family do a good job of reaching out to me and calling me and texting me and FaceTiming me, so it don't feel that bad. But every now and again, I do wish that I could just hop on a jet, hop on a plane, fly home when I wanted to, but that's not the reality. But, you know, I'm better than what I used to be. So I'm learning how to deal with it. And let's see, is there anything else that I learned? Uh oh, I learned to put yourself first. <laughs> I learned to put yourself first because if you don't put yourself first, you're gonna put everybody, you're gonna put yourself last. And if I could tell myself that, if I could tell myself anything like last year, I, that's probably be the first lesson I would want to learn early is put yourself first because as a as a young like as a young person coming up you don't have a lot of room for error like i mean you have a lot of room for error that's the thing you have a lot of room for error so when you you got to put yourself first because when you 20 when you 20 when you 21 the only thing most people ter- think about when they turn 21 is being 21 being able to drink when i turned 21 i was learning how to be a leader in the military i was learning how to how to do my craft, how to how to perfect my my uh career and and my job. I wasn't worried about getting drunk and and throwing shots back and all that. I mean, yeah, it crossed my mind cuz I was 21, but I mean, when you when you reach a certain certain uh spot in life, all of the the uh other stuff kind of has to take a a a back seat like relationships and and uh going out all the time and going clubbing and all that shit that I had to take a back seat cuz I had no room to to entertain half of that stuff cuz I was focused on my purpose like don't get me wrong I had fun I hang I hung out with friends we went out but I surround myself with a circle that's so tight and that's so small and we all had the same goals like we don't we don't entertain a whole bunch of nonsense we won't be in the beefs we won't be on the internet doing crazy stuff we just focus on getting money and providing for our family and making you know and 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 making what we want our our dreams a reality because if i was to tell you that i i would you know be 22 years old 
in the in the uh, loft downtown with a with a fast car and and all this stuff. Like I'd have been lying to you, cause I was just in Baltimore with no car, no whip, you know, no license. Uh, don't don't even I didn't even enroll in school. Like I was I was just fucked up. So, like, I just I broadcast what I do to show people from where I'm from. Like, listen, you don't gotta you don't gotta sell drugs and you ain't got to do none of that dumb stuff to get you locked up to get to where I'm at. You can, and you only had to join the military. You just got to grind. You got to grind and you got to put in your head that you're going to get knocked down a hundred times before you make it. And I haven't made to, I haven't made it to where I want to be. And that's what keep you hungry. But you got to realize, you know, you're going to get told a hundred times. You're going to be you're going to be deferred a hundred times. Like, people going to talk down to you. They're going to try to talk you out of stuff. And it's up to you to keep, you know, trying to get to where you want to get to. And um, that's just that's just how I feel, personally. And even, even like, dating-wise, like, certain females try to get in my head. Like, like even my ex didn't even want me to be a... Uh, writing blogs and, and doing podcasts. And this ain't, this ain't no shade to her. I mean, everybody's entitled to opinion. But y'all got to be cognizant of who y'all hang around with. Like, the person you can sleep with could be the, your, mo- your biggest enemy. The person that you go to sleep with could be your biggest enemy. You never know what that person thinking. You shining. And this is the, this is the biggest, this is the, like, I want to say the biggest reason but this is one of the reasons why I'm not really rushing to get in a relationship is because I'm I'm like I'm doing stuff that's out of my league right now. Like I'm chasing something that's not supposed to be like I'm not really most people my age wouldn't really be worried about. Like I'm trying to buy houses, property. I'm trying to I'm trying to, you know, perfect my craft and my career. Like I'm trying to further my career. I'm not really worried about you know, a kickback. I'm not really worried about going to a party or nothing like that or being popular and having clout and all that shit. That shit don't matter to me because it don't give me no money. It don't make me no money. And I ain't saying money everything, but that shit definitely is something. So the way I see it, you know what I mean? Uh, just be mindful of who, you cir- who your circle is and who you dating and who you messing around with because at the end of the day, all that stuff matters. And for the people, especially the dudes that that's like, you know, all about, you know, having sex with all, you know, a whole bunch of girls and all that shit. Like, that's cool. But everything's going to burn out at some point. Spending money is going to burn out. Having sex with a whole bunch of girls is going to burn out. You know, like even for the females, like. Dog and dudes and, and trying to, like, all that manipulation stuff that y'all going to be doing, y'all going to get burnt out because you do something long enough, you're going to get sick of it. You eat a cheeseburger every day. You think you're going to want a cheeseburger every day? You're going to get sick of it. Like, and that's just what it is. I just, I don't know. I just feel like the, a lot of people, a lot of people, it's three categories of people. And I got this shit from Rich Dollars. I was listening to his uh his uh Instagram live. It's three types of people. It, it, it's three categories. It's people that don't care about what you're doing and it's people that genuinely care and that's only like a 5% and then it's people that don't want to see you make it. 
So really, you know what I mean? Is there's only a five percent of people that actually want you to succeed. And I found out last year that that five percent really, really, you know what I mean? It showed itself. Like a lot of people showed themselves this year, and I showed myself by it opened up a lot of vulnerable, uh, uh, vulnerable spots that I had that I didn't know. And it it showed my weaknesses that I had to work on because it's a lot of situations that happened to me this year that I could have done way differently. Like I could have handled way better. And, you know, I'm still learning and stuff like that. But uh, it's just, you know, when as you get older, you get wiser, you know, with wisdom comes from fucking up and learning from it. And that's fine. I'm just grateful that I didn't mess up that bad or I haven't done anything that bad. But that's just another big thing that I learned. And uh, this year has been a fun year, though, overall. Like, I wouldn't take nothing back. I really wouldn't take nothing back because if I did, I wouldn't be as wise and as, like, you know, as cool as I am today. But that's really it for what I've learned this year. Um, Next year, my goals is to, you know, stack more money, uh, take more vacations, and um, and just keep on learning, keep on moving forward, for real. Because once you, once you conquer one thing that you didn't think that you could, once you, once you jump one hurdle that you didn't think that you could get over, then the next hurdle isn't as big. So the way I see it, if I got through a hundred challenges, then, you know, the next set of a hundred don't seem that bad. Cause I know that, well, I said I couldn't the last time and I did it. So shit, what makes this one different? So that's just my uh, mentality though. So I wasn't going to tell the story, but I got a crazy ass story for y'all. Y'all know how it is. You know, I come with the crazy stories or whatever. So, all right. I was, it was a day before I was flying back to Baltimore, right? And um, I'm driving. I'm, I'm in my Challenger. So I'm driving. I'm hitting a back road. I'm going down uh, to like near Florida. I'm going shopping, you know, just cop a couple shirts and hoodies or whatever. Cause I'm going back home. So, I'm driving and I miss my turn, so I turn somewhere different, and I get uh, I get uh, you know, pulled over. So my my uh, GPS was redirecting, so I didn't. Normally my GPS tell me the speed limit and everything else, right? It tell me where to go, you know. Obviously, if if it's telling me to make a sharp turn in in 500 feet, you know, I ain't gonna be speeding, obviously, but. So I was speeding. I was I was going down this you know this lane. I got pulled over by a cop. So the way I got pulled over was at um, I couldn't turn. I couldn't pull over because it was like a dirt road. Like it was just one straight road. So I put my hand up in the mirror. I slowed down, and I put my blinker because I was hitting the stop sign. I hit my blinker lights, and um, I'm you know I turned into uh, I turned into you know the the side. So I could pull over, and uh, so the cop comes, comes to the passenger side. I roll my window down, you know. I'm in park, and um, he's like, uh, "Turn your car off." So I'm like, "What?" He like, "Turn your car off." 
So I turn my car off. You know, I don't be trying to give no officers, police officers, no law enforcement, nothing, a reason to do what some of them do, right? So I'm like, all right, turn my car off. Boom. I, I'm listening. I'm listening to the officer, right? So he's like, all right, uh, uh, do you know why I'm pulling you over? And I'm like, uh, no, I don't. And he's like, yeah, you were speeding. You were going, you know, 20 over. So I'm like, damn. All right. So I didn't realize I was going 20. I didn't even know the speed limit because I thought I was hitting the highway. So obviously I was wrong. So, you know, I'm like, okay, that's, you know, my bad officer. I didn't know. I'm not from here. I was just, you know, I was lost trying to find my way. If I was speeding, I apologize, right? So I see out of my rear view, I see a whole bunch. I see like three cop cars pull up, right? So I'm like, yo, what the fuck? So I know sometimes cops ask for backup because um, they don't want to be the only one. You know, they don't want a one-on-one. And by doing law enforcement in my old previous uh, unit, I know that a uh, law enforcement officer never should, you know, supposed to be one-on-one with anybody. Because if I beat him up, take his gun, then who's going to defend him? You know, so I didn't think nothing of it until he told me to get out of the car. So he's like, um, get out of the car. Turn your car off and get out of the car. So I'm like, hold on. Normally, when somebody speed, they get a traffic ticket. They just, you know, you give them your ID. They go in their car, do their little computer stuff, and they come back, give you the ticket, and you go on your way. But he was like, get out of the car. So I'm like, excuse me? He's like, get out of the car. I'm not going to tell you again. So I'm like, oh, shit. So I'm like, all right, I get out of the car. But before I do, I tried to grab my phone. And I was like, look, officer, because my phone is black. Like, I got a, you know, iPhone. So, like, it could look like I'm reaching for a weapon. But my phone was on the dashboard where he could see it. And it was face up. So, I mean, it wasn't like he just saw me reaching for a black item, you know. So, my phone was faced up. And uh, I'm reaching for it. I was like, hey, officer, I'm just going to grab my phone. He was like, no, don't grab your phone. Get out of the car. So I'm like, damn, they is not playing no games, right? So I'm like, all right. So he was like, I'm not going to ask you again. So I'm like, all right, all right, all right. I get out of the car, right? So I'm out of the car. Now there's four officers outside, right? And everybody's like walking up to touch my car. And I know why they do that because, you know, it could link, you know, I ain't going to get into it. But everybody's walking up, just touching my car, right? Two more officers pull up. So I'm like, damn, now there's like seven total. I don't know how, what order, but it was seven total, right? So the one officer that uh, initially pulled me over got my information. My car was new. Like, I had paper tags and everything. Like, my car was new. It didn't have any uh, tags on it. So what I'm thinking is, like, damn, is it because of my tags or whatever? But I told the officer. I gave him my uh, my temporary, you know, tags, my registration for the car, my insurance, and everything else. I was like, look, officer, I just bought this car, you know, like, um, it's, you know, I haven't had time to put the tags on it, but you know, I'm, I'm going to do it. They gave me two weeks to do it. So I'm only my third day in, you know? So he's like, all right, whatever. He takes the papers and he's in his car. So while he's in his car, pulling up all this information on me, the other cops are surrounding me. Right. And they're petting one patted me down. So I'm like, what the fuck? You gonna pat me down because I was speeding? So he patted me down, right? And uh, he's like, they're all like looking at me all funny, right? 
and I'm in Alabama. Let me let me remind y'all where I'm at. I'm in Alabama, where all this, well, like I'm not gonna say where the most racist people are, cause it's definitely more racist states like Mississippi. But Alabama, I'm deep in the South. Like I'm deep in the South, right? So I'm in the middle of nowhere where I don't even know where I'm at, because my GPS was rerouting and it and it got me to a, a street where I didn't even know I was speeding, right? So. He's patting me down. He's like, hey, man, you uh, you have anything in the car we should know about? Right there, I was like, oh, shit, here it is. So I'm like, no, officer, I don't have anything in the car. As a black man in America, not all cops are like this. Not all cops are like this. But it's enough of them where you have to be mindful of who you're talking to and who you are, because I don't care if it's Alabama or Baltimore or, like, Chicago or whatever, you don't ever give an officer a reason to, like, to, to escalate the situation, you know what I'm saying, and I was, I was definitely uncomfortable, I was nervous, and I was irritated, but I couldn't show that, right, especially no attitude or being irritated, because they're going to take that as disrespect, and they're going to they gonna turn up, right, so I'm just trying to, you know, stay calm. Like, no officer, I don't have nothing in the car. So when I'm saying this, he's telling me to, like, like move away from the car and, and walk in the grass. So I'm like, all right, fuck it. I'll I walk in the grass. So I'm, I'm chilling and standing in the grass with the other officers. And one of them's like, looking through my car, through the window. Now, legally, like, legal-wise, it's legal for him to do it because my window is down. And I have tents on my windows. Because it's hot as shit out there. <laughs> so he's looking through my car and everything. And uh, I'm looking at the other officer. And I just turned my head just to see what he was doing. Like, why are you looking through my car like that? And then the other officer's like, don't look at him. So I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I can't look at somebody that's looking through my car. Because I'm trying to make sure he don't plant no no uh, drugs in my car. And say that I was, you know, doing something crazy. So he's like, don't look over there, don't look over there, da-da-da-da-da. So I'm like, man, that's crazy as shit how I can't look at somebody that's looking at my own car that I paid for. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just like, all right, officer, you got it. You know, you got it. I won't look over there no more. So he's, at this point, like, I'm like, oh, shit. And he's like, um, why you look so nervous? So I'm like, uh, I don't say nothing. Like, I'm just like, you know, I don't know. I shrug my shoulders like, mm-hmm. And he's like, uh. He's like, well, it's seven of us and one of you, so you know, don't don't feel like you gotta do anything or prove yourself to any anybody or something like that. That's the that's that's when I got nervous and I was like, oh shit, this ain't gonna go right. They gonna wind up beating me up, or they gonna say I said something or I did something, and they gonna they gonna flip the script and they gonna take it out on me. Like, I'm in Alabama. I'm a 21 year old black dude driving a. 2018 Challenger, and and I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying that because to them, they want to know how I can afford this car. So they kept asking me like, "Oh, this is a nice car. Like, like what engine is in it?" And I'm like, "I mean, it's a Hemi." And he's like, "Well, how do you afford that?" And I'm like, "I work," you know. So then those questions went from, "Well, why are you out here?" So I'm like, "What? Like, I can't be out here." I can't I can't drive somewhere. It's America. 
Like, if I wanted to pick up everything and drive to Wisconsin, if I wanted to, I could do that. Because, I, like, I can legally do that. You can't ask me why I'm out here. Like, like this is a it's a border between black people. Like, it's segregation. Like, like come on now. It's 20 fucking 19. You gonna ask me why I'm out here? So, I got a little irritated. So, they kept ask, they kept hounding me and kept asking me questions. So, I had to actually go inside of my car, grab receipts of stuff that I bought to show them that I wasn't out in their neighborhood doing something illegal. And it made me so mad because I know if I was any other skin tone, I would have not had to do half of the stuff that I had to go through, right? So I'm like, bro, I got to show y'all a receipt. And so the guy that initially pulled me over, he was like, yeah, man, you know, like we need a receipt to make sure like because your story just isn't adding up. I said, how the fuck does my story not add up? I'm telling you that I drove from Mobile, Alabama to Florida, to Pensacola to go shopping. Y'all pulled me over because for whatever reason, y'all said I was speeding. I don't think I was speeding, but if y'all said I was speeding, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fight that. So, okay. I never, never had a traffic offense, a ticket or anything in my life. So now all of a sudden y'all pulling me over saying that and, and asking me, why am I in y'all city? Why am I in y'all area? Like what the fuck? So now I'm getting even more mad. And I'm getting nervous. Like, I'm more nervous than I am mad. So don't don't get it twisted. Like, I'm more nervous because there's seven cops, white cops, white officers in Alabama questioning me about why am I out there, you know? So, uh, long story short, though, uh, the officer that initially pulled me over, he found out that I was in the military. He found out that I was uh, in a Coast Guard or whatever. And he was just like, um... Hey, man, I see that you're in the military. I'm like, yeah. So when he said that, all the other officers were like, oh, shit. I ain't tell them I was in the military because they didn't give me a chance to. So when they was over there treating me like shit, you know, trying to interrogate me, asking me if I have drugs in the car and anything in the car I should know about, that they should know about, just say it now. And all this trying to treat me like a criminal because... There's been people that I know that's been pulled over in that same exact area and it went way differently. And some people might think, oh, it's because of the kind of car you got draws attention. That's bullshit. Because there's white men that drive way nicer cars than I have. And they don't get knotted. Half of the hassle that I had to go through. And that was just a, such a wake-up call. And every time I think about it, it makes me mad and I get angry. Because it's like I serve my country, right? I've been doing this for three years. I've been serving my country for three years, and I can't go to another state without being harassed. Granted, even if I was speeding, you give me a ticket, fine. But I was getting, they was actually treating me like I was a, I was smuggling drugs or something. Asking me how can I afford this car and, and showing receipts of proof and all that. I shouldn't have to do all that. And um, I feel like I handled that situation Wait, like, you know, with class and respect because I really could have went off on all of them. But when they found out I was in the military, they kind of changed their attitude and their tone. And and that just go to show you, like, as a black man in America, and I'm not even trying to be political. I'm just showing, I'm just telling you from my experience alone, because I know I have all types of viewers and listeners 
from my blogs and my podcasts from all types of backgrounds, countries, and, you know, creed and everything, right? But just my story alone, it just made me realize that when I was in Baltimore, I didn't really see stuff like this, but I'm in the South now, right? Where it all originated from. And there's Confederate flags flying all around here, right? And it just it just showed me, damn, like it, it just gave me a reality check. Like it showed me that no matter how much money you got, how much good you do for your country, or how much how hard it's always gonna be somebody. And it's not all you know, all people, because all cops aren't like this. There's a lot of good cops out there that's way more good cops than bad cops, right? Just like how people want to paint the narrative that all black people are, are aggressive and violent. There is, that's only 1%, you know? But that 1%, whether you like it or not, sticks with people more than it should. People focus, it's a reason why the news broadcasts what it do because people are more drawn to to negative things. They're more drawn to drama. And, um, you know, like I serve my country and it's just the fact that what if they would have said that I was reaching for a gun, right? And I got shot and I died, right? And then later on they found out that I was in the military. You know how fucked up that would be? You know, like, you know how crazy and and when I was driving home, I, that's all I thought about. I was like, what if I never, what if they never would have found out that I was in the military? How would have that went? And it just makes me so mad. Like, even I was thinking about, I had a nightmare about it the next day. The next day when I got on a plane flying to Baltimore, I was thinking about it. And I was just like, bro, like, it just made me so angry because I'm like, I have, I that was the only time in my life where I felt powerless, like where I felt like my fate was decided by people that I don't even know. That my mom would have to bury me. I'm not even trying to be dramatic, but that's just where I where I thought it was going to go. Because you telling me get out the car, you pat me down, you checking my car for drugs and everything, and I'm in the middle of nowhere. I don't even have cell phone reception. Nah, that ain't a good look. So, uh, just, just, just the FYI to any, you know, any of my minority listeners, um, especially African-American males, um, be mindful of the world that we live in today. Like, don't, if you get pulled over, it's yes, officer, no officer, yes, ma'am, no ma'am. And it's not kissing ass or kissing up. It's just all about survival. Sometimes you got to do shit that you don't want to do to survive to see another day. And that's basically, I had to hold my tongue because honestly, if it was anybody else, you know, because I could have been a captain. I could have been the captain of the Air Force or whatever, or whatever branch. And they would have never known because I'm wearing jeans, Nikes, and and a hoodie. And they came at me sideways because of what I looked like my age and what kind of car I was driving, but then when they pulled it up, you know they had the nerve to call me Mr. McCormick when they pulled when when the guy found out I was in the military. Like that's how that's that's this that's just what I'm talking about. You just gotta you just gotta be mindful. 
and then also I want to say, you know, to uh, my brothers out there, not all cops are like this. It's real easy for me to say, fuck all cops, all police are racist. They're not. It's just a small percentage of them that uh, abuse their power, that uh, that have that racist, you know, thinking or mindset, and they want to take advantage of their, uh, their badge and their weapon. But you just got to be better than, you know, than the circumstances that you put under. And that's with anything. You just got to be better than what your circumstances are. So... If you get pulled over, two hands on the steering wheel. Yes, sir. No, sir. Be polite. You don't got to be so chipper about it. I mean, you know you're going to come out of pocket for something, but you don't have to be. Just don't give them a reason. Like if worst case scenario, if something was to happen to you, don't give them a reason. Don't make their case a like a just, a you know, it's a he say, she say, he did this, she did this. Make it... So-